Greetings from Podcastville. The Church of What's Happened Now is brought to you by Blue Chew. Let, let me ask you something. How's that fucking woodworking during this whole fucking uh, pandemonium going on? Pandemic, whatever the hell they want to call it. It's focused. It's tough to focus on that fucking flagpole of yours to get it nice and hard. When was the last time you woke up with a heart on the last couple of weeks? The last couple of weeks you've been waking up <gasps> because you're fucking petrified. It's all over. Blue Chew is here. Joey, what's Blue Chew? It's the first chewable dick pill, which means it works fast. Blue Chew has the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Listen, it's fucking easy as shit. You go online, you fill out a few questions, you send them your picture of an ID, the doctor calls you back, asks you a few questions, boom. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait online in the pharmacy. Right now, you got a special order from, for the church family. You ready? Visit bluechew.com. That's blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com, and get your first shipment free. It's that easy. When you're pressing code CHURCH, you just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's blue, like the color of the dick vein that's going to be popping out when you <laughs> eat it at Blue Chew, dog. Bluechew.com. That's it. Your first shipment with code CHURCH. That's it. You understand me? Get ready to give some women some fucking stabbing because it's a tough time right now. You got to give mama not. Even if your dick is standing up, you should eat two of these to really put her in Jupiter. You want When you finish, you want her in the corner shaking like a runaway. You know when they always find a runaway, those dogs like in the corner shaking? That's Blue Chew. Right now, go to bluechew.com and press in church, all right? The church is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Everybody's avoiding crowds right now. But what if you need to go to the post office? You might be running a small business trying to ship product or send invoices. But anything you can do at the post office, you can do it at home with Stamps.com. And I got big news. Stamps.com is now working with UPS. So you get more delivery options and all the great discounts on postage that you used to with Stamps.com and UPS. It's a piece of cake. Me and my wife been using it for years. If Listen, only if you're that fucking stupid, you can't use stamps.com. It's that easy. All right, so right now, they got a special offer for the church family. A four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contract. It's easy. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and press in church. That's stamps.com, press in church. The church is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Right now, you should be protecting your privacy and security. These motherfuckers are home all day trying to figure out your social, where you're born, who you're from, if you hang out with Chinese people. Listen, if you're into Chinese and email, or you watch Spirited Away on Netflix in Japan, it's easy to use, even for a guy like me. Just open the app. Change the location, and that's it. I just got it. I love it. It's tremendous. My wife fucking loves it. The reason I use ExpressVPN is it's fast. No buffering or lag. Right now, today, the church could go to expressvpn.com slash church. Again, expressvpn.com slash church to get three months for free. For free. Free. Free, bitch. Support the podcast. Support yourself. Don't let nobody mess with you. Go to expressvpn.com slash church. 
kick this motherfucking mule league. Oh shit, it all starts fucking today, alright? No more fucking excuses. This is the year of the fucking soldier. We're going in like fucking Marines, you understand me? Welcome to church, motherfucker. Oh shit. It's 6 de Mayo, as we say in Mexico. You bad motherfuckers. Uncle Joey here. Fucking saying hello, what's going on? Checking in with you. It was a boring Cinco de Mayo. I didn't see no Mexicans <laughs> getting pulled over. Nothing. What a fucking boring Cinco de Mayo. I thought the Mexicans were going to say, fuck the coronavirus. We're going fucking crazy here. No, 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 no. Mexicans won the control yesterday, which is good. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? It's okay. You had a margarita at home. You kicked the dog, the chihuahua, because, you know, nine out of ten of them got chihuahuas. Or Paula had a pug because she's like an extreme Mexican, <laughs> you know, just in case you got to eat the fucking thing. It's less cut and the whole thing. Anyway, who wants to get into that? Happy Cinco de Mayo if you're Mexican. I'm sorry that you fucking missed it this year because Mexicans don't give a fuck. They, they do Cinco de Mayo. It's like 420. Oh, they had fun. They just were inside. I do 420 every fucking day. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to celebrate 420. Mexicans live hard every day. George Perez. He'll bump into three margaritas on the way to get eggs. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way things are. White people, they love Cinco de Mayo. Oh, my God. It's just a fucking great day. Go fuck yourself. That's good. You're in the house minding your business. There's little chicks. Their pussies are drying up. Even whores are having a bad time right now. It's bad to be a whore or a burglar. It's just bad. Things are bad. But, hey, it ain't that bad. Uncle Joey's here, cocksucker. Without the face mask. You know what? Let me tell you something. I watched Ryan Sickler's fucking podcast today with the face mask i'm happy i don't have to worry no more that we're doing this zoom because i tell you what just looking at the face mask what you're looking at to get entertained you're reminded because this fucking guy's got a face mask on but anyway talk is cheap bitches let's spark up a little number here get the party started A little triple X from urban fucking trees in studio city it's like 30 percent killing motherfuckers Two days ago, me and Lee ate. I tell you, I'm not even getting high on the edibles no more. It's amazing it's to me. It's a shame. Me and Lee saw me. I dropped 300 right in front of him. I went home and nothing happened. I didn't drop another 100 and I felt guilty. Why? You feel guilty for eating edibles now? You mean that many edibles? Yeah, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's not, they're not working no more. I got to go to extreme measures or just like I've been doing, just fucking winging it. I've been winging it lately. I, won, I, I didn't do edibles for like 10 fucking days. Jesus. After I had my little fucking uh, breakdown, I didn't have edibles. And, and then uh, the last couple of days, they let me get slip a tube here. They don't do nothing no more. It's over. The quarantine killed my tolerance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm moving on to bigger and better things. I got to go deep, deep, deeper. I'm in right now in negotiations to bring some heroin over <laughs> from the Golden Triangle as we speak. Some pure number two. White pot of Ma called me back. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah? She had COVID-19. She was fucked up there for a while, too. You know, Chinese people are suffering, <laughs> too. It's not just us. My part of my, speaking of, of getting fucked up, though, I haven't been able, I haven't seen it yet, but I heard that Duncan's show with you is amazing. It's the best show. It's, you got to take drugs. <laughs> if you don't take drugs, don't watch that fucking show. If you don't smoke weed or you're silly or something, don't watch that show. Because my wife tried to watch it. She almost had a heart attack. <laughs> And I'm right there in the beginning, opening episode. Yeah. Weed, 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 yelling. Yeah, Duncan did a great job. I'm very proud of Duncan. If Netflix doesn't, I guarantee Netflix put a second order in, but that's the mind of Duncan Trussell. That takes time. 
That's not going to come up like the, the, the thinking you shoot a special every 11 months. Good luck. That takes time. So uh, Duncan did a great job. I'm very proud that he fucking contacted me to go in there and do some of the voices and help me out a little bit and uh, watch it. What's the name of it again? Uh, let me put, put, pull it up. It's like something Midnight Special? Midnight, or? Midnight, Midnight something. Fuck. This shit's fucking killing my memory. <laughs> anyway, been having a great time lately. Listen, I told you guys, I know a lot of you guys are having hard times financially. The Midnight Gospel, sorry. Midnight Gospel, mentally, spiritually. Listen, we're halfway there. We're not the same people we were seven fucking weeks ago. That's for damn sure. And I know your mind's been drooling or thinking of different things to do or different opportunities or what you're going to do with your life. Or if you even want to be in that career anymore, trust me, I'm going through the same possibility. You know, like you just sit at home, you know, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. So I understand what you're going through. But listen, you've been through the toughest spot right now. You've been through the beginning of it. So don't worry about it. You've already know what it is to go to bed hungry. You know, you know what you went through all of this. So now you know where you stand. This has made you tougher. You're not the same person you were going into this that you are now. You're a different person. How do I know? Because I'm a different person than who I was seven weeks ago. My thinking now, I looked at the simpler things. You know, some chick at the fucking park, I, I went bike riding, and I know some chick, and I went to pull the bike off and walk, and she goes, you know, what I do to have a pool? And I was thinking about last week how me and my daughter and my wife had a blast with a hose in the front of the house. We giggled like fucking assholes. I wasn't even high. I'm giggling because I'm tickling my daughter. I'm tickling my wife with a hose like a fucking broke Puerto Rican. It's the simpler things that you that, that times like this makes you appreciate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the fucking swimming pool. It's not nothing. This is to making you go back to be creative with yourself. You're sick of Netflix. If you're a normal <laughs> human being right now, you've already seen every documentary on Netflix. You watch Joe the Tiger two times to make sure the story was right. <laughs> you watched everything in Chinese, French. You're sick of HBO. You're, you're sick of things. Because now now you have to be with yourself. Now you have to be with yourself. So the only thing you can do is put your thoughts on paper. Because thoughts are going in and out of your fucking mind at the speed of goddamn light. Is, is, is that... Like, what kind of thoughts are you having? Just thoughts of what you want to do with your life. This has to, this is, has to wake some people up. Some people have looked at this and said, I'm broke. I got nothing coming in. This is never going to happen to me like this again. I'm in a hospital. Uh, you know, I've been in here for five fucking days. I almost died. This is never happening to me again. You know, carelessness, uh, not thinking things out. All these things are going to come to light during this fucking period. That's why I'm happy I don't wear the face mask anymore. Because when you watch me, at least if I say, you, as soon as you see me with the face mask, you're like, oh, he's got a face mask on. The reason why I'm watching him is so I don't have to see a fucking motherfucker with a face mask on. So now I feel better that I'm doing all these Zoom podcasts. They're all part of, what do I call them? I don't know, stories from my childhood. childhood. Stories. You know, I got a guy coming on today, Dennis Colangelo, dear friend of mine. I got my brother doing two episodes. I got one of my criminal buddies calling in. I'm going to get, uh, I got one of my bookmaking buddies from when I was six and seven and eight that I used to run numbers with Whoa. is going to call in to tell you some fucking stories. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it this way, so I hope you like what I'm doing now. 
I know a lot of you people want laughter or a real guest. Good luck. Try to get one. You can't even get your girlfriend to come over to suck your dick. Can you imagine trying to get a guest in these fucking times? I call people that hang up on me because it thinks like I'm going to ask them. I'm just trying to check in with you. So I stopped calling people. Really? Yeah, because they all think you're calling them for a podcast. That's crazy. I I, I would have think like it's it's a it's a creative thing. I, I would have thought people would have been more. <sighs> Listen, you know what? It's not creative to die. That's true. Okay, so when they're telling you something that you're gonna die, a lot of people don't want to come in a little space, and I don't blame them. I wouldn't come into this fucking space. So we had to get creative. Yeah, you know, we have to change with the times. And this is what it is. Either I could get stuck here, sitting here with a mask. You know what it's like to do a fuck? I would go home and my fucking tongue was brown like a fucking monkey. You ever go to the zoo? From fucking talking with a face mask on. So forget all that shit. That shit's done with. So what I'm trying to say is we're different people. We've accepted it. You know, I don't know if you got a check. If you didn't get a check. You know, some people got it. We don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. The only thing we know is that we're here to have a fucking good time. Smoke a little reef and forget about who the fuck we are for an hour that's all i can tell you and i'm learning shit along the way i mean listen man in seven eight weeks my daughter learned how to ride a bike yesterday she fell twice not once but twice and i loved it was she going too fast one time she was running with the bike and she went to jump on and she just fell on top of it cut a little leg open no big deal i toughened her up when she got up and got back on the bike i applauded her and then she was going around the fucking park the long way and she took a dive. And a little girl came over and said, your daughter fell. So I ran over there with my wife. I almost had a heart attack with the face mask on. She was bleeding from her knee and her elbow. Bro, I got her up. She limped over to the fucking thing. And after 10 minutes, she got back on the fucking bike. I didn't say nothing to her. We got home. And, you know, we work on the star merit system. <laughs> so she needed 20 stars to stay up till 10. So she was at like... 17. She was supposed to hit the mitts yesterday for three, but I didn't have time yesterday. We were running around so much. So when she got off the bike and she fell, and then she got back on again, that's something my daughter doesn't do. Once my daughter, she's got a problem that I had. Once you're bad at something, she won't try to conquer it. But she was just going to stay there. She was going to stand there like one of Jerry's kids, and she was going to tolerate that. So she got back on the bicycle. I didn't say nothing to her until we got home. <laughs> and I gave her like five minutes. They, my wife cleaned her up, the blood. And she thought, you know, it's amazing to mind the children. I came out and I said, Mercy Diaz. And she looked at me and you could see she was about to have a breakdown because she thought she had fucked up. I go, I smell something in the air because that's how I say it. That either I smell a star or I smell a fart. You know what I'm saying? So I smell something. You smell that? And she goes, a star? I go, three stars. And she went nuts. She goes, ah. She came up. She hugged me. She goes, you scared me for a minute, Dad. I go, three stars. You got back on your bicycle today. You're a fucking savage. I didn't say fucking. I just called her a savage and stuff. Her face was red. She was high-fiving her mother and shit. She was walking around like a fucking savage. Like, let me do something. So I, I hung out with her last night. I let her stay up till 10. Oh, snap. And then I went to check on her like 10.20, and she looked me straight in the face. She goes, Dad, I made it to 10.20. How's that for you? <laughs> I'm like, you little dirty bitch. You always get me. Anyway. I made it to 10.20. This is a childhood friend of mine. This guy, uh, the guys I'm putting on here the next couple weeks are going to be guys that did for me 
did something for me that a lot of people don't do for people. They were there for me when my mother died. I hope you enjoyed Steve Avillo. Steve Avillo came to my mother's wake. Steve Avillo came to my mother's mass. I don't know if he came to the cemetery. I don't think I let a lot of people go. I didn't want my friends to see me in bad shape. Steve Avillo's mother, if I could ask me, ask me if I wanted to live with them. So I hope you enjoyed Steve Avillo. He's still to this day a dear friend of mine. We speak every week. We laugh our asses off. And uh, I, I'm opening you up to these people so you can see what my life was about and where I got my influences from. I hope you enjoyed Dennis Colangelo today. Take a look. Hit it, Lee. You look shaven. You look beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in New Jersey, I heard, huh? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Soon we'll be getting hit with that fucking August humidity. So we only have, you know, Joey, May and June, and then you sweat your ass off. Half of June, and then it's all over. Right? The and it's over. Then it's over. You can't go out, you know. Well, you got to go out balls naked, either one. I just was listening to Led Zeppelin, Whole Lot of Love by Prince. Prince, I covering. see you, you. You put that up. I Jeez. didn't even. I didn't even know about that. Jesus Christ! Tremendous, just tremendous. Adds a complete different element to it. He was but a I, great, great musician. He really was. Bro, hours, hours. The guy was just fucking brilliant, you know? Yes, he was brilliant. I, exactly. I caught him back in the day in New York City. Did you really? I, yeah, in 85, 84, I caught him back in New York City. 84. So I lucked out for 15 bucks. At the Garden? At the No, at one of the clubs. Me and Lebrano went to one of the clubs. And wow. It was uh, whatever. Uh, Prince, Nucleus, and Sheila E. For 15 bucks on a fucking Tuesday night. Shit. You can't, you can't go that. wrong. You can't no. fucking beat that. He's a so little guy, ain't he? Wasn't he a little guy? Yeah, yeah, like, little guy. Like 4'11", 5'1", no, nah. maybe? No, no. He was like 5'6", 5'8". Yeah. The rest was... Doug, let me ask you a question. Yes. Last time I saw you was 1983 before Rasmus. Like, that was the last time I saw you. Yes. I looked for you. I asked about you. I came I, back in 91 and for a week or so, and then I came back for nine months in 93, and they told me you were living in Newark or something like that. Nobody had, And then Timmy Holloway, years later, found you. He was the one that gave me a Colangelo report. I I seen Holloway at Veneeries. Okay. There was a wake. Um, my wife's uncle passed, and Holloway and all those guys, Edla, they played uh, baseball for my wife's cousin's uncle. You know, he was a coach in North Bergen. Uh, so, like, they were all there. I haven't seen Holloway. I, I haven't seen Edla. Joey, I haven't seen anyone. You don't see anyone. anybody. Well, nobody. I, I went I went missing in action for a while. Got got hooked up with some wrong people. Like probably like an 80. I even split away, not 80, maybe 82. Split away from Kevin Tedder. Last time I seen him, I borrowed 20 bucks to go to Harlem to get a package. 
And like for a while there, I was doing some shit that, you know, you never should ever, ever do. And, uh, you know what I did actually, Joey, I went back, my parents were living up on uh, 59th by the senior citizen building in North Bergen. And I went home and I told them, I said, look, I need a place to stay. I'm, I'm just, and like my parents didn't know nothing about anything, nothing about, you know, drugs, not, they didn't even drink, you know? And I said, I just need a place to lay down. I got to get, I got some problems. And my father looked at me and he knew something was wrong. I stayed there and I dried out. I got hooked on the bullshit with the needle. I cleared up. In about two weeks, I went to see Vinny Ascalis. Because now I got, where am I going? Um, you know, I'm lost. I went up to see him, and it was like I never left. I told him the deal. I told him I got problems. I need a job. I need something. You know, bah, bah, bah. I stayed in his office, Joey, three days straight. He was trying to get in touch with an old high school friend of his. And he hooked me up, uh, finally hooked me up with this guy. He owned a trucking company. Guy took me under his wing. After a few weeks, he moved me into his house with his family and taught me the trucking industry. And, you know, and that was it. I mean, but I was out of touch with everybody for a while. I just went off the rails. And not that, like, don't get me wrong. I've been no angel. You know what I'm saying? I've been no way. I still, you know, go to sleep quarter to five in the morning, get up at five ten, and go to work for 12 hours. You know what I'm saying? But that other shit will just, uh, it's just, it's just, a, that was a bad, bad, bad time. But cause you, 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 you don't want to ever see your friends you, you know, you're embarrassed. You're really embarrassed. It's, you know, but anyway, I'm, you know, things are good. Sun is shining. Happy, healthy. You know, life is good, brother. Let life me ask you good. this. Yes. How did, how did growing up in North Bergen help us? How come it was so fucking crazy? Why is it that? When you're at the shows and I tell stories of how we grew up, people lose their fucking minds. Like, it seems to people that we're from Mars. Like, when I tell my stories about growing up, people think about Mars. I didn't meet you till 78. Right. Okay. And you were, were you with Emerson at that point? No, I was in North Bergen. In 78, I was... I met, you be, I met you before that because you were at McKinley. Didn't you play basketball for McKinley? Yes. You had the red gym shorts with the gold shirt and you wrote your number with a marker. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just had bad uniforms. And we had the ref with the fucking glass eye, Pat <laughs> Capitoro. Yes. He was related to Balzano's, so he wouldn't call yep. a power. <laughs> but... <laughs> I still remember fucking going down to Kennedy School winter of 78 when it snowed a, a ton that winter. And me and Whitey shoveled the courts. Yep. And you came up there with Dusty. There were some hitters. Chris Morano, 
I mean, Kennedy School just had some fucking hoopsters. Yes. It had to be, it snowed like two feet of snow. We shoveled it. Yep. The fucking sun was out, but it was still fucking 28 degrees. The ball wouldn't even bounce because <laughs> it was so cold out. And we were passing, so we were like playing full court. And I still remember Dusty going for a layup, and you went to block the shot, but you smacked him by mistake. And it was cold out, so the five fingers stayed on his face throughout the whole game. And every time I looked at him, I couldn't even stop laughing. <laughs> but who the fuck would have shoveled the courts? We shoveled we the courts in the morning. We didn't we give a fuck. No, no, it was different. It was, you know what, Joey? And like the people we grew up with, like they had your back. Like even when we were in school, we're in high school, we're going out to spark up, grab a bite to eat. Like everybody you were with, you could trust. They had your back. Like if the teacher came up and we're getting about, no, what are you guys doing? You're not supposed to be out. You know, we just look like nobody would answer. I said, I remember my freshman year, maybe the second day of school. I'm downstairs where the wrestling room, the pit was. They used to practice wrestling down there. Yeah. I'm with Alex Garcia. Now, it's maybe the second, third day of school. I'm a freshman. Don't know these guys from Adam. All I know is we're going to smoke a bone. We go down smoking, smoking, we're, we're bullshitting, we're smoking, we're in school, we're sparking up. Tony Tabuccino comes downstairs. Garcia and whoever the other kid, well, I don't even remember who he was, they were gone. I froze like a you know, deer in headlight. I froze, Tabuccino was going to kill me. I want to know who these guys were. Bah, bah, bah. I look at them. I said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm here by myself. He, you don't lie to me. He said, I'll beat the shit on teachers back then. They'll slap you around. I'll beat the shit out of you. Nobody will know. I said, you can do whatever you want. I said, I don't know nothing. I said, I don't know those guys. Lie to me again. He said, I'm going to knock you out. Uh, he takes me upstairs. We were walking down the hall. And I was scared. You know, I was, I was, no shit. I was scared. I was only third day of school. We're walking down the hall. All of a sudden, Dalton comes walking the other way. Tabuccino keeps looking at me. Well, am I going to get those names? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I was alone. He said, you're going down. You're finished. You're out. You're out. Third day of school, you're gone. Whatever, you know. We walk up to Dalton. Dalton looks at him, looks at me. I look, Cappuccino goes, what the F are you doing here? I said, what? He said, what the fuck are you doing here? He said, get out of my face. I was gone. I said, thank you very much, Tabs. The next class, I had his brother for woodshop, Ernie. Ernie already found out. I go downstairs. Ernie calls me outside. Dennis, I heard you had a run in with my brother. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, he's not like me. He said, I'm a nice guy. He said, he really wanted to kick the shit out of you. I said, Tabs. I said, we were doing what we were doing. I said, I'm not a rat. 
I said, you know, I'm just, I'm not a rat. It is what it is. After that, me and Garcia became really good friends. Like, I knew him from nowhere. And Tabuccino respected me for it. I mean, if I was going down two-week suspension, whatever, it is where we grew up, Joey, you had each other's back. All day long. All day long. I don't understand it today, what happened in society. They turn on you like... I would live and die for you motherfuckers when I was growing up. And you knew that. that. That's the only way you get in the group. That was the only way to get in. You had a... They had to know that you had their back A to fucking Z. You know? I, I think... The, the famous Dennis Colangelo story for me because my mother had just died and you were my entertainment. You understand me? I knew I was going to school. Like when I went to homeroom and you weren't there, I was depressed. And we both had uh, Totora for home. Yes. The yes. old man. Uh-huh. And I had him in my pocket because he <laughs> hit me and Anthony Balzano in the eighth grade. So Carmine beat him up. So he came to me freshman year, and he goes, listen, you don't even need, if you don't want to come to homeroom, don't worry about it. Like, I got you. So I used to just go to homeroom to hang out with you. It was me, you, Brian DeGroomy, because it was the D's and the C's. So Uh you were in the bleachers next to me. (laughs) And I remember he would fucking ask you for a note. Dennis, you didn't come to school yesterday. We need a note, and you go. I'll whip one up in a second. <laughs> and you wouldn't know what the fuck to do. Like, they just didn't know what to do with us. No, we had this, no. We had this teacher, Frank Rich. He was a football coach. The Wedge, the re- yep. The Wedge, and you couldn't call him Wedge because he yep. looked like a Wedge. He looked like a fucking Wedge of salad. Yes. And he was a sweetheart of a guy. Yes, he was, he, Joe. He was three days from being retarded. <laughs> you and I both know that. And we went to One day they put a ban on us. You couldn't leave the high school. They were like, you can't leave for lunch. And we were like, that's not happening. So we found out that there wasn't no guards during the back door on 76th Street. So uh-huh. you, myself, I think Jimmy and Devo went to Fifth Avenue Deli. Yep. And we got meatball sandwiches. And there's a, there was like a loading dock next to it. <laughs> this is my all-time favorite. And we're sitting there, and that was when chocolate sideweed was big. And we're about to, you, you had it behind your ear. In those days, you would roll a joint and put it behind your ear and have it in school with the joint behind your ear. And nobody would say nothing to you. Like, no. not a fucking word. So you had the joint behind your ear. We, we finished the sandwich. We're wiping our hands. And all of a sudden, fucking Wedge walks up. And he's like, hi, guys. How you doing? And we're like, we're good, Wedge. <laughs> and he, he's like, are you supposed to be outside the building? And we're like, you know, whatever. We just wanted to get some fresh air. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see you take the joint out from behind your ear. And you start playing like this. And he's talking like, like about whatever. Like, you know, you know it's a nice day. Whatever, and all of a sudden you're like, Wedge, listen, cut it out. We're sparking. <laughs> we're running out of time. We had yeah. to spark and get back to class. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, well, he's bullshitting. You're like, we either spark 
or you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he, just, he just looked at you and just walked away. <laughs> you know, we used to, you played varsity. Yes. And, and I was a freshman, and we used to practice in the back if Horace Mann wouldn't let us practice. And I couldn't wait to get out of practice just to watch you because you would just be goofing on people. It was you and Juan Rodriguez, God bless his soul, and yeah. Albi Munez and all these guys. But there was this guy named Ralphie Marino who used to drive you crazy, who I loved him to death. Ralphie was in the wheelchair. He, had, yep. he was a tremendous athlete. Yes. And I still remember one day we're like, Dennis, we're hooking up after practice to smoke a joint. You're like, yeah. I'm just going to take a shower or whatever. So me and a bunch of guys are waiting there, and Ralphie's yelling, defense, defense, <laughs> right? He's going back and forth in his wheelchair. <laughs> defense, defense. And I'll never forget you called the timeout. You're like, timeout. You're like, Marino, say one more word. I'm going to put you in the closet and lock the door. And we fucking lost he didn't even know what to say. Like, he didn't even know what to say. Like, we, you know. No, he knew I had problems. He knew I had problems. He knew we all had problems. You know, I had a yes. blow on here. But we were good. We were good people. We didn't, like, right. not to hurt anybody. We were just having fun. You know, there's a difference. You know what I mean? Like, when I told him I'd put him in the closet, that wasn't the first time I told him. You know, because he was getting annoying. You know, oh, I used to take his little sippy cup there he had with the straw. Ralph, you want something to drink? And he said, yeah, Dan. He said, could you please? I'm thirsty. And I would just take his cup and move it further away from him. <laughs> you know, and he had his hands flat on that table there on his wheelchair. And he said, Dan, he said, really? He said, you're going to break my balls? I said, Ralph, I said, you never shut the fuck up. <laughs> he said, I'm in a wheelchair. I said, well, yeah, shut up, man. I asked you how many times. <laughs> but it was different, Joey. You could do Today, you talk like that to somebody, they'll lock you up. You know, it's a different society. Like, it's just, we didn't mean, like, any kind of disrespect Oh, we say anything bad. We all love Ralphie Marino. I still love I did a benefit from years ago. Did you I really? God bless you. Yeah. You know, we didn't, it wasn't like, I mean, he knew I loved him. You know, I used to get a lot of smiles at him. You know, but he, he, he used to get annoying. Like you said, defense, defense. Oh, I'm tired, Ralph. Shut up. You know, you're crippled. You can't get away with that shit, man. And he but, loved us. He loved us no hey, matter what. You know what, what Joey? We he made did, his and fucking do, day. We would we do anything for him. We would. We would do anything for him. I used to ask him if he wanted to get his dick sucked and stuff. He would just look at me. <laughs> Rob, I got a little Puerto Rican chick. She wants to suck your dick. And he, his face would turn red. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he would have to have pity. Frank Pitt would have to push him around. Yeah, Pitt. did a lot for him, no joke. Pitt, a lot of those guys helped him out. Everybody yeah. helped him out. Everybody was really good to him. You know? That's and what I'm. That's what we You know, the people would just, you know, good people. North Bergen, good people, hardworking people. 
loyal, loyal. If they were your friend, they were your friend. And, and you know, there was no way you ever had a question, huh? That guy going to stab me in the back? Because if any, you had thoughts like that about anyone, they wouldn't be with you. It's it's just it's just different. You know, growing up, where you know, not that you know, I don't know. I mean, it it wasn't rough, great, but everybody you 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 handled yourself. I guess. I mean, I don't know. You just loyalty was big. Loyalty was big with your friends, and it, you know that's what we had. That's what we had. You know, did you even have a curfew? No. No. Like, no. We, we just used to be out. My father used to say, I'm going to put the chain on the door. I said, well, put the chain on the door. Well, I don't understand what's, what's that going to do. <clears throat> I said, uh, how do I know if I'm coming home? He said, well, I need to know this. I'll be up all night. I said, there's nothing to worry about. I mean, yeah, like, the last bus used to run, what, 11 o'clock at night from uptown? 11.30, number 1. 11.30? Yeah. You know, so you either to walk those, you know, three miles downtown or sometimes I'd crash at McAveney's house. He lived right across from the high school. The high school, time. yes. Yes, he did. You know, a few times his mother would see me and say, where are you going? You know, whatever. It's 12 midnight, 1230. You ain't going home like that. No, you're staying here, you know, and we drink some more. I mean, it was different. It was just different, you know. Another night I remember is us in front of Nick's Pizza, and you were going camping with Chris, uh, Kevin Tedder, your brother, God rest his soul. And I met you up at, first of all, any party, you never went to a party. Like, you never came to high school parties. No. So you, like, you didn't have time for them. No. Nope. But, but if you came... First thing on the fucking menu was we got to put Led Zeppelin on the turntable. Yes. Take, put the, he used to call them the kings. Put the kings on the turntable. Take off Springsteen. We broke their albums. We would let's just get listen. the party started. Yeah, you let's know. get it fucking started. Yep, no, no fooling around. But I still remember a particular night where you were going camping with Kevin Tedder, you and your brother. And you guys were getting 100 hits of acid for the fucking weekend. Explain to these motherfuckers how we were eating acid in 78, 79, and 80 until cocaine took over. We were, right. we, we were decent kids. I mean, we were doing hits of acid, <laughs> fucking tripping. We weren't hurting nobody. We weren't hurting nobody. We weren't right. fighting or bullying. There was none of that shit allowed. But, man, when it came to tripping and listening to music, I mean, we just had... And, and that's what killed us, that we were doing great with the acid and the beers and the reefer. Things were great. Nobody was getting hurt. Every once in a while, I'd go to that bar on 22nd in Union City and get the fucking uh, the angel dust, the shit you snorted. Yeah. Just, just to go out on a limb, you know. On a, Right, right. A little something 20, different. 22nd and New... Yeah, something different just to break the monotony. It'd be 22nd and uh, New York Avenue. But once cocaine came in, that fucked our area up. That's when it was the beginning of the end, and we didn't see it. Nobody saw it. No. I stayed till 85. What's that? We, 
we got flooded with we, cocaine, we Johnny. It, it was, was all over. It was right across the fucking, it was in a town next to us. Right, right. Remember, we were surrounded, you know, you had West New York, Union City, Weehawk, you had Jersey City, I mean, even Hoboken. You had everything right there in your area. You know, everything was available. Everything was available. I mean, we were getting it. We were getting hits of THC shit my freshman year. We were dropping it at the bus stop at 8.15 in the morning. Nobody understood. You know, you know how many times I went to school tripping out like that? I saw I'm going to skip homeroom. This way it's like you're not in school today. And I'll go to like two or three classes. And then I'll chill out somewhere like homeroom for two, three classes. Go to practice. People say, oh. You're not in today. You didn't go to home. I said, nah, I get no cut slips. I'm not here. No cut slips today. You know, it's just different. I don't, I don't know how they do it today. I don't know what they do. They I don't even think that way. The house, these kids. No, they don't leave the house. They don't. No. You know, Joey, you go past the schoolyard. Nobody. You don't hear no ball bouncing. No. You know, nobody's playing. Like. That's how, like, we all got to know each other. You know, somebody's out there playing. Somebody's got a ball. Let's go shoot some hoops, and we'll take it from there. But it's a different world. It's it's a different – like, if this virus came when we were in school, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work because we would be out. We were out. We were really out, kids. Well, These little motherfuckers know nothing. About going no. out. We were out from 8 in the morning to 12 so, at night when we were kids. Right. They have no idea of that, that concept of, I push it on my daughter. I got a seven-year-old that if you yeah. ain't doing nothing, you got to be out. We go for a walk. We got to do something, a ride. Uh, you know, I don't want her to get comfortable no. in the fucking house. No, but know? she goes to the gym. Yes. She's taking her karate classes or whatever. I see it, so, you know. You got her active. You know, she's not sitting around playing video games. No, that's not going to happen in my world because I don't – I didn't play video games. No. I didn't, even, I didn't even understand fucking video games. No, I, I didn't, went to I a didn't bar. I didn't, I didn't shoot pool when I went to a bar. When I went to a bar, it was to get fucked up. I wanted to see the devil. That, that was, was our the goal. First, that was the goal. To that was see the goal. The devil. There was no pussy. There was no – I don't want to talk to nobody. Nope. I'm walking out of here fucking passed out. And yep. we had all those little pockets. We had, you know, you could start a party at Kennedy School, get into somebody's car, and then be at Joe Lucci's house. And God knows that you're going to do it at Joe Lucci's house. <laughs> Next thing you know, you could be up on 85th Street Park fucking drinking up there. Somebody robbed a beer truck. I mean, it was just, our childhood was so, I look at my daughter sometimes, and like, well, I feel bad that she's not going to have what I had, that special thing. I had no family growing up. No, no. But I had you guys. Yes. Which was more than family. That's what these motherfuckers today will never understand, that we had each other at that age. Yes. You know, our parents worked. You know, your parents right. were You didn't see them. You didn't see them. No. It, it just a to, total, total different ball game. I seen um, your daughter on 
It had to be like during Christmas on one of your podcasts. You had the Dice Man on. Right. Okay? And your wife stopped by, and uh, your daughter was doing some boxing. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a beautiful, beautiful. I'm very lucky. I got a second chance. You are. I got a second chance. You got, yes. A lot of people don't get that. But you also earned it. Nobody gave you that second chance. No, no. How many times you drove somewhere with a stack of bologna sandwiches to go pick up 40 bucks at a show? You drove 400 miles or whatever. Like, you know, you paid the price. Let's not, you know, beat around the bush here. You might be where you are now, but <laughs> you, you know, you worked for everything you got. Nobody oh, my gave God. You nothing. 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 I left North Bergen homeless in 85. Mm-hmm. I ended up homeless in 84 in North Bergen, homeless, living up on 88th Street Park. I was too embarrassed to tell everybody because yep. I didn't want them to know. I would take showers at Mr. A's house. Yes. He yes. wouldn't be home. And I'd go and I'd go, I'd go through the back hmm. and I'd take a shower and, and, and Judge Janine, the middle one, would okay. hear me. And she never said nothing to nobody. She would come down and give me one of Mr. A's shirts. I would put on with Mr. One of A's shirts, and I'd put a jacket over it. And then I'd see Mike, and i go, Mike, this shirt look familiar? And he'd go, that's my dad's shirt. I go. And they all knew Mr. A was taking, you know, they, they, they took care of me as much as I could, as much as they could. That neighborhood, when my mother died, they fucking rallied around me. Like, I'll never forget. You see them at the shows. Yep. You see those same people at the, the shows. Same people. Same people at the shows. Same. And I'm like, I'm blown yep. the fuck away that these are people that knew me when I was a fucking junkie. Like, when right. I left North Bergen a junkie, you know, I ended up doing time in Colorado. Yep. You know how embarrassed I was when the news got back to North Bergen that I had been arrested? But that doesn't, that, that, None of these people, or none of our people, are going to lay judge on you. We don't yeah. judge. We don't judge people. We don't do that. Oh, Joey's fucking thief. Joey did. No, man. Joey's our brother. Joey's That's our it. brother. You take him for who you are. If you don't like who he is, then what's your story? What's your problem? Get the fuck out of here. Get, yeah, get lost. Get yeah. lost. You know, we all go through shit, man. You know, get lost, you know. But, right, you see the same people. Like I see, yeah, you're going to see Joe. You're going to be at It's the same people. They never left you. You know, they were always there. They, they were really, always really, there. really, really were. You know. They really were, man. So, in a sense, you know, you, you went through that real tough, tough time. But you're blessed. You really are. And with the second, with the marriage, and another child, come on, bro. Yeah, God gave me a second chance. Absolutely. And you know what, man? You guys have kept me so in tune. Like, just talking to you, Keith Conti, Lube Zavillo, you know, James. I talk to you guys, so I never fall into this retarded oh, trap yeah, this bullshit <laughs> that they feed you out here. <laughs> I've always spoken to you guys to keep grounded. You know, by me talking to Lubes, when he tells me that 
he has to, you know, Mike Runny drives a FedEx truck. Right. My fat ass couldn't get on a FedEx truck. <clears throat> you know, he's 57 years old. Yep. So when I'm sitting here going, oh, I got to go on the road this weekend, and he's telling me that, you know, he's got to work overtime on Saturday, hmm. I put it into perspective. Yep. It gives me a fucking perspective to work with that I'm not, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky, but it's you guys that have kept me grounded over the years that I didn't buy into this jerk off film. They have never seen. You all right there? Yeah, what's this? Pointing updates. Pick a time. What happened? I'm, I still see you. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. What do they want here? Uh, I don't know. Pick a time. 34. This is my wife, because my wife never updates nothing. But you're but, still here, brother. Don't worry. Okay, I can hear you, but I can't see that handsome face. Holy shit. The fuck? Well, we had a couple minutes anyway, Dennis. I'm just happy. That I got I'm glad I got to see you to talk to you, because I know how busy you are. No, I'm not busy. It's a fucking quarantine. There ain't dick going on. I wanted to I get my you. friends on here. I really wanted to get all my friends on here so they uh, this side sees what we're about, man. And if anybody, you were one of my early guys I looked up to, so I wanted to get you on here. You really made me laugh growing up, bro. You really did. You and Roger Holloway are the reason I didn't jump off a fucking bridge. And I, I appreciate like, that. And I, you know, you always got my love and respect, brother. Uh, brother, this was uh, an honor to have you on the church of what's happening now. I wanted these motherfuckers to hear it from another voice, where I came from, how I was built, and why we're the way we are, you know? I and thank uh, Mr. Lee Sayet for all his help. Hopefully one day uh, when you come this way, you know, you bring uh, Lee with you. I bring Lee with me. That motherfucker end up staying. He bites a piece of pizza, Chinese food. That motherfucker won't meet me at the newer gate the next day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Keep me posted. Give me a call during the week. I love you, Joey. I love Thank you, you too, brother. Stay safe, you guys. All right, you too. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being my family. I'm always here. Gotcha, brother. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're back, bitches. I hope you enjoyed Dennis. Dennis is a fucking <laughs> trip. <laughs> and he wrapped it all up. Now you know what my fucking biggest weakness is. Loyalty. Loyalty has been my fucking number one killer. But once I realize that I shouldn't be loyal to you, then you got to live under the fucking ground because I'm going to fucking stab you ten times. <laughs> We're loyal. We're loyal. We're loyal to the end. Uh, the guy he was talking about, Vinny, that got him a job, Vinny was our football coach, and he helped everybody out. He was a great man, Mr. A. Askell. He's got to rest his soul. That was crazy. He got a job 30 years ago, and he's still doing it. And it was funny because Mr. Askelis was the guy who I told you the story about the Georgie Amico. We used to rob the gas station, <laughs> and he would always complain to Mr. Askelis like, Come on, Vinny, you know, you got to talk to these kids. They're robbing me blind. And he, he was always <laughs> talking about me and Rago. 
And Mr. Asleys was like Paulie from Goodfellas. He was like, I, I talk to them all the time. They're good kids. I talk to them. They don't listen. <laughs> he wasn't going to talk to us. He didn't give a fuck. You know, he's like, I can't stop you, but stop robbing the guy. <laughs> but Mr. A was a great guy. I had a thousand meals at that house. I'm going to try to get one of the Ascalises on, too. I'm going to try to get Mike to come on and talk some shit with us. But uh, listen, they're starting to open up the country. Me and my man over here, the Jew killer, were talking about this, the Christ killer. It is a Jew killer, this disease. But uh, <laughs> it, it kills Jews that don't like black people either. They, they, they made this disease like I'm a racist and this motherfuckers. But it's crazy. They're opening up the rest of the country. Listen, you know me. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't give a fuck what you do. Proceed with caution, guys. For some reason, I don't trust this since day one. And I told you guys, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying proceed with caution. I told you motherfuckers, I told you motherfuckers, March something, 16th, to get your money back. Did I not tell them? Did yeah. You not hear? I told you motherfuckers, <laughs> if you bought any tickets to any concerts, get your money back. Get your money back. If the concert happens, scalp the tickets and, you know, you'll just don't watch the opening band. Miss Joan Jett, who gives a fuck about, you know, all you want to see is Motley Crue and Def Leppard anyway, so... All these tickets I told you motherfuckers tonight, you're crying to me online. I told you to get your money back. We'll make it work. I don't want your money if you're not if I'm not if you're not coming to see me. Get your money back. And now everybody's fucking complaining about it. And I fucking love it. I told you I just had like ten friends of mine call me. I bought tickets for Rage Against the Machine and they won't give you your fucking money back. And it's criminal. Now remember that shit for after these times. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, remember this after these times, you know? I mean, we don't know what's going to fucking happen. No. But proceed with caution. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't give a fuck. If Disney closed, I ain't going nowhere. Disney's the greediest motherfuckers in the world. Okay? They don't fuck around. They bang you out from A to C. Go to the hotel and spend the night and see what they charge you. You'll go, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm not saying nothing bad about Disney. They run a great establishment. When you're at Disneyland, a piece of paper hits the floor. They pick it up. Besides that little ghetto fight that happened last year, I've never heard nothing bad about Disney. But for Disney not to open up, I'm going to follow their lead. I'm, I'm a fan of Mickey Mouse since fucking day one. <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's, it, it's interesting you say that because something you, you've said to me from the beginning is that you look at like how the top people are doing things. You're always like, does Rogan do this in his podcast? And no, we're doing this. You follow their lead. And you're right. If Disney, the number one entertainment place in the world <laughs> says no why are we fucking around why are you sitting there going well we're gonna shoot this film in mid-july you don't know what's gonna happen mid-july no we're living day to day here this is what's killing half you people you've never had to live day to day what have i been telling you since day one i focus on one day one i focus on what's in front of me don't talk to me about next thursday i don't <laughs> give a fuck about next thursday that's why i started to hate comedy because you want me to tell you how I'm going to feel February 26th? I don't know if I want to do comedy February 26th. <laughs> Ask me on the 25th and I'll tell you. I always hated scheduling because I don't know how I'm going to fucking feel. That's why I like the comedy store. Because on Sunday, I'll let you know how I'm going to feel. Monday morning, I got to call in the comedy store and go, oh, give me spots. I'm not now. They're fucking obviously closed. <laughs> but when they're open, you know, so that's why I never liked it. I never, I always live for today. What are we going to do? Today, how are you going to make money today? I was just telling Lee that we've noticed a lot of moving 
vans around the area. <laughs> you know, uh, fucking people are leaving at the speed of light, and this is only the beginning. I spoke to my friend yesterday by Hudson, New York, and it's a it's a gay community, a gay town. Like the town became gay. I'm yeah. not saying nothing bad. It's called Hudson. It's like New Palm York. Springs. Yeah. yeah, and he he lives next to it. He's a realtor, and he says that you can't keep a house in northern New York. That everybody's moving out of the buildings. That's it. Everybody's yeah. getting out of buildings in New York City. They're done. All you need is one thing for people to start moving. And you can see it around here. They're offering you free rent one month. They're trying to be sneaky, though. They're making you sign a 13-month a lease. A 13-month so lease. So be careful. Yeah. yeah, but who gives a fuck? 13th a bad number anyway. <laughs> yeah. You light the building on fire one time. <laughs> who gives a fuck? What I'm saying is that fucking, you know, uh, we've changed. We've all fucking changed. This has happened. And I know that you're sitting at home feeling weird, maybe thinking that you're thinking bad thoughts. Maybe you're thinking the right thoughts. Maybe you're thinking about quitting that job. You don't like that boss. Maybe you've been thinking for a long time about going back to school. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were thinking about quitting school because it's not getting you nowhere and you're just mounting up loans with the shit that's going on. This is going to open your eyes to a lot of shit. Seven weeks is giving you a lot of time. And wait till they extend it. And, you know, like I said, I'm going to keep living life. My plans are just what I've said from day one. I have to stay home, guys. There's no way I get on a five and a half hour flight right now. Right now, today, there's not. I'm telling you how I'm going to feel tomorrow morning. I don't see myself getting up at 3.30 in the morning and taking a 5.30 a.m. flight to be on a flight for five hours to Florida or anywhere right now. Right now, I'm just going to wait for the fucking, these clubs locally to open and work on my hour again. You guys don't want to see a fucking shitty Joe Diaz. I don't. I don't want to go out there and be shitty. Yeah, I can fuck around here with you guys on the spot. But when it comes to charging you money and getting you out of your house, and now you got to risk your life to go to a comedy show, I better be fucking funny or I'm going to light myself on fire at the end of the show. That's the only thing that would make you risk your life to go see a comic or a band today. So I've been down. I'm uh, Burt Kreischer two nights ago wrote, that it's been, I don't know, 60 days, 51 days. It's like 63 for me. Wow. So, especially when you've been doing something for 29 years straight. So, if you see me somewhere in June, mind your business. (laughs) (laughs) Mind your business. (laughs) You don't need to see that train wreck. You go home and, like, look at your mom or think of your retarded brother. That's the same thought you're going to go get from seeing me. We're all going to be rusty as fuck. So if you pay $48 for a comic in June, don't be that fucking dumb. You're going to get what you fucking pay for. We haven't been on stage for 60 fucking days. Yeah, there's some of us that are still funny and shit like that, but I like to be a little prepared, so I want a little time. You know, I'm only going to charge like 20 bucks in prayer in June. I mean, July, August, September. Until we get our limbs back and just figure out what the fuck is happening. Are people going to come out and want to shake hands? Are people going to want to hug? Are people going to want to take selfies? Are we we got to go adjust this shit. So before I get on a three and a half plane ride to Cleveland or whatever, I mean, everything on my pretty much is canceled. The only thing that they're st- is still open is uh, July 31st is still, I think, on the hinge, uh, August first in san diego and i know wise guys is open in uh in utah 
Utah, and I'm definitely coming. You know, I'll figure it out what numbers they have. But besides that, I don't know what I'm going to do with Philly October 24th, and I don't know what I'm going to do with uh, Buffalo December because I'm an old man, and that's a connecting flight. That looks slim. If it's a connecting flight, you're in no danger out of L.A. And right now, they've even cut a lot of flights. So there's not even a lot of direct flights anywhere. They've cut so many flights. Somebody was telling me to, to go to New, uh, New to land in Newark. They had to fucking go to Chicago or something like that. No, there's no wow. direct flights. People are scared of the five-hour flight on there. So I don't know what's going on. So for right now, I'm going to mind my business. I'm going to keep wearing my mask. I'm going to keep washing my fucking hands. I'm outlining the fucking book. Every time I talk to one of these characters every day, I got a new thought in my mind. You know what? What 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 book you would have got in March and the book you're going to get today is going to be two different books. And it's going to be because I've gone through so much these last seven weeks, you know, from 930 to 11, the walls closed down on me. Once my daughter and wife go to bed, the walls closed down on me. They ain't funny, the guys. I'm not having that great of a time. That's why every day I call my single buddies. And I add to the list. Steve, Dean Delray, fucking Matt, Simone, Lee, my brother George in New York. All my single friends get a call. Because I know exactly where the fuck you are. You know, I know exactly where you are. I know by 11 o'clock if I was single, I'd be pulling my hands out of my fucking head. You, you're a quarantine. I'm, you're I'm a doing fine. Quarantine. <laughs> you're just sitting home, lay there, waiting for the next Extended, cupcake yeah. to fall in your mouth, cocksucker. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, he don't give a fuck. But normal people, <laughs> normal people. <laughs> Thanks. I, I fucking like, man, I got to get the fuck out. What time? I called Steve Simone at 8.30 in the morning the other day. He was delivering food to old people. Yeah, he's doing a lot. You know, and that's, if not, you know you're going to lose your mind. So get involved if you're having a rough time. My heart goes out to you. You know, I love you with all my heart. Thank you for listening. But go out, you know. It's not that bad out. If anybody's scared of living, it's me. It's not that bad out. Avoid people. Again, and I'm going to tell you this for the 80th time, and I know some people can't avoid it. Do not walk into a 7-Eleven if you don't want COVID. That's COVID central. I saw it again the other day. Every time I'm at the light, I look in. Not the bad, not the Seven Eleven by the fourth wall. That one's not that bad, but it's got problems. I, I don't trust them. Okay, you don't trust them either. Okay, <laughs> then it's not me talking out of line. I, I it's, honestly, I don't trust the. It's the clientele more than the people working there. I don't even have. I don't. I haven't even been using the same rolling papers. <laughs> These are the rolling papers. Weed Maps gave me a shout out to Weed Maps. Nice. They gave me some tremendous rolling papers. I got. I got. I ran out of regular rolling papers. The one I usually use, but Weed Maps sent me a little gift. A little gift package and they put rolling papers in there and they're just as good as the fucking uh as the easy wire whatever the fuck i've been using for the last 30 years so have you been taking any like i know you've been taking with, with your family but like just by yourself do you go on like rides really quickly like, i like that because you're do, in the car by yourself can listen guys, to stuff. i do everything i can to make this a lot easier everything i can and i stay to the script Every day. It doesn't deviate. If it deviates, it's by 15 fucking minutes. I get up, tweet you motherfuckers, eat oatmeal, take a quick shower, and I'm quick shower because I shower the night before. As soon as I get home at 6 and whatever the fuck I'm doing, 
If I'm out in the air, shower. I usually would shower if I had to go to the comedy store. But if I'm just staying in, I would just shower in the morning. And when I got back from training or boxing or whatever stupidity I do, now I always shower at 6.30. 6.15, I'm in the shower. I'm staying in. That's it. I don't want that clothes I had on. I don't want it on my furniture. So I shower. I talk to my wife, and we take the baby out at 8.15. We only have two bicycles, so we have to pick a parking lot. We have, like, four different parking lots we go to. And while they're playing badminton, I ride the bike. And while they ride the bike, I'm walking, you know, so we get that morning exercise. I get, like, six Weight Watcher points. I need a lot, but it's better than nothing. At least I have something to work with. I drop them off at 9.30. I go in for a few minutes. I send some emails. I do what I got to do. And at 9.30 is when I go run and do my errands. You know, pharmacy, before all the other germs get in there. Right. CVS, Walgreens, weed store, you know, anything I have to go to. If I want to get cold cuts, if I want to get groceries, I got a place I go to for them. You know, uh, I've been ordering food online, just trying it out. I tried out Jimmy's Seafood. I was going to say, Steve. Fucking tremendous. Steve said he liked it. Fuck, I don't think you like crab cakes. You like crab cakes? I didn't know if you I like them. I, I, I don't order them all the time, but yeah, I like them. I don't know if you like them. So I, I like them with mustard sauce. I got or? like five of them. Like they had like a startup kit. So when when uh, uh, Sickler told me, Ryan told me they were having a hard time. He said they're running a sale with its free shipping. Right. Oh. So that's why I, I went, I hit him up, and I got four crab cakes just to support him. You know, my goal in the beginning of this was to support all the local places. We both agree we can't <laughs> walk into Sushi Dan as much as we love Sushi Dan. You know, we both have agreed that we're not going to go to Cactus. And when I don't go to Cactus, that's one thing. When Lee don't go to Cactus, you got a fucking problem, okay? You know, all our little food stops, I vowed to support them, but because how they are and how they're shaped, I can't. I still support the pizza. Uh, pizza wagon. Pizza wagon of Brooklyn. My daughter would kill me if I didn't get it for her once a week. If I didn't get a pizza wagon of Brooklyn, I'd go down. <laughs> I just broke down for the first time in seven weeks when Lee told me he ordered gumshoe. What's that? Grubhub. Grubhub, which, you know, you got to be retarded. Uh, that's really, that raises it. That's an extra set of hands touching your food on top of a car that somebody sat on. You always go pick up your food. You go to Green Apple, call them. They'll tell you what time. And you sit outside and they bring it, they put it in the trunk of your car. Wow, okay. Okay, so these are the things you got to do. You can't have, the less contact with motherfuckers, the better. I will say the couple times I did it, they had masks and gloves on and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, pe people are, listen, nobody wants to go out of business and nobody wants to get fined. I wanted to truly support a lot of fucking places. There's a lot of places I go to that I wanted to support. You know, I, there's a place, I, I don't want to say mention it, I can't go in there, they lock the door. You got to touch the handle, go in and wait. I've seen people do it, I can't go in there. So my eating out days have been over till. Once you told me about the that you ordered, then I go, you know what, maybe I'll... And we called, my wife said, the Chinese people said they'll bring it outside to you, which in most parts of the East Coast, there ain't no fucking Chinese food. Chinese people have run up because people have been harassing them. 
Oh, no. There's a lot yeah. of Chinese restaurants that are closed because people have been using racial slurs against them. Whatever. You know, I'm not mad at anybody. This was a, this is a punishment from fucking God. Don't blame it on the Chinese. Don't blame it on, no, that, that, you know, we could blame this on a thousand things. We don't even know if what they're telling us is fucking true anymore. Yeah. We don't even know what to expect. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a cynic or nothing, but we don't even know. Just write it off. It doesn't matter. You know what matters? Your fucking grandmother died. Your friend's uncle died. Your friend's sister died. You know, that's what matters. So somebody's fucking dying. I don't know what it is. I don't have time to blame it. Anyway, back to the Chinese food, okay? So, yeah, I just got garlic fried rice. Nice. I was just in the mood for something normality. You know, any, my wife is a great cook, but it got to the point where everything was starting to taste like everything. Like the beef was starting to taste like the eggs. The eggs, you know, thank God I cut out the bacon fucking six weeks ago. And I've been just on oatmeal because that gives me a different way to work. I don't feel fucking like I'm, you know, I'm eating bread for breakfast. None of that shit. You know, we, I just, I ordered the Jimmy Seafood and I was so impressed with it that I started going on different websites. So if anybody has a great website, like a restaurant, tweet it to me. Just tweet me like that they... I just went to Maine something company. A friend oh. of mine referred me, so I, I, I made little orders. I ordered a one-pound bag of clams to nice. make spaghetti and clam sauce, and I got a one-pound bag of shrimp because we haven't had seafood since this whole fucking thing started. We had a bag of shrimp at the house that my wife got at Costco, but besides that, we had nothing. I was like... And now we're going to run out of chicken or beef, they're saying. So yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. So I'm like you motherfuckers. We live day to day. So I'm going online. So I know we got Butcher Block Box, but they were sold out. That's why we don't know we're reading their ads. Uh, we, they, they, we, they didn't get rid of us. We still got them on the agenda. They're just waiting to get all fucked. When this pandemic hit, they got hit right away, right off the bat. So we still got them. So hopefully once they get back in action, I'll support them. They have salmon. It's all organic. They have great beef. I mean, the, the fish they have is great. So I ordered some stuff to support. Uh, my friend told me that there's a company that he orders seafood from. Because Bert turned me on to a place, but I can't fucking find it. I'm in Toy Boulevard. Oh, really? Yeah. I, Must be, I don't know. What you, I don't one, know. three, one, something. Jiffy, Tiffy Seafood Company. I couldn't find it the other day, and I got frustrated. I ended up in fucking an Encino. So I was fucking pissed. And, I, and I had a piss. And, you know, you could piss when there's people on the street. But when there's nobody on the street, you just can't pull over and take your dick out and piss. Because then, pe you know, people don't know yeah. what you're doing there. Draws attention. I had a piss in the parking lot. I had to make believe like I was on the phone getting directions and stand behind my car. And I had to pee close to the door. So I had to jump in the car like a superhero. I almost broke my fucking ankle. I would have loved to hear the calls Bert was getting when he couldn't find where you were going. I was pissed. <laughs> I called him twice. Motherfucker was sleeping. <laughs> and then he finally fucking called me back. Uh, whatever. I go, you cocksucker. I went up there. And then I, w I went home and checked the website. And, went, and I couldn't fucking find it. Damn. So something's not right. So it was my bad. So I just ordered seafood. I'm trying to. Listen, guys. I'm trying to support the local spots. But, you know, like, I, was, I went to In-N-Out. Yeah. I got my wife In-N-Out burger one day because now you go to In-N-Out at 11 o'clock, it's a fucking ghost town like that stone, stone song. <laughs> it's a ghost town. You go at 1145, the game changes. Every motherfucker wants a cheeseburger. Yeah. So I tried to switch it up for my wife and the baby. Boom. I got them fucking In-N-Out. 
And that's what I do when I go out. When I leave at 10 right. and I go run my little errands, my mission is also to bring them some type of lunch. Unless my wife tells me I'm making this for lunch already. Right. So I try to switch it up. Thursday, tomorrow is going to be a fucking 100 degrees. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Starting Thursday. You won't even... Your walks with Steven are going to be fucking hot. He loves going out when it's hot as fuck. That's when you have to go out. You have to melt. He he picks the hottest Because you can't can't do 6 o'clock. By 6 o'clock, you don't need to walk. You're dead. I know. It's nice out. Your metabolism has to go at 11. You got to get the engine started. Steve's a good man. He's a great man, but he picks the hottest damn times. He's from Philly. He's Joe Frazier's nephew. That's all you need to worry about. He's Joe Frazier's like nephew. the hottest time. Like, well, that's when you sweat the most. So all that fucking jizz that's backed up in your system. Oh, there's a lot of it. All that fucking hummus. All that fly sperm in your neck. All that's See, coming up. the flies aren't here you're today. Swe- sure, because you're sweating that stuff out. That's the good thing. You see what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful fucking thing with zombie over here. Anyway, I love you motherfuckers to death. I hope... Uh, your mental state's all right. I hope you got a check. I hope somebody's helping you out. I know I've been getting a lot of emails, and I'm replying to all of them. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going through my own shit. You know, nobody is, this shit does not, is not racist. Everybody's going through stuff. Whether they show it to you or not, they're bullshitting to you. People are thinking. People are thinking about their next move. It's not just you that's feeling this way. I'm going through hell. I just know how to manage it in the daytime and at night once I'm home, fuck it. I'll jump out a window. When am I gonna land? On the first floor? <laughs> you know, it's no big fucking deal. I was looking at my window the other day and I'm like, what if I jump out that window? <laughs> Nothing, a few stitches. I won't even have to go to the hospital. I'll just wear like a helmet and just go out. Just to just to say I did something with myself. It's one fucking landing. Are you gonna stand on the ledge and scream like to get all the attention? I'm gonna do it. No, I'm gonna jump. no, 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 no. It's like that fucking girl that quietly. You know, okay. Yeah, it's like my friend. That's you know, I, I hate telling you guys this story because I was gonna turn it into a bit, but it's true. I got a friend that forever she's been killing herself. Anybody have one of those fucking lunatics in your life? <laughs> <laughs> They've been killing themselves forever. Like you ever have one of those friends? Like one day you just go enough is enough. I even had to stop talking to her, and I figured she'd kill herself in the process. But no, she ended up in the in the fucking loony bin two times, but she never killed herself. So when this all started, I told you people, I got a sentimental, faggy part of me, and I called a bunch of people. I even thought about calling my ex-wife. That's how much of a sentimental person I am. That I just want. You know how many times they fed me? Her father and mother fed me. I thought about calling my ex-wife and just saying, hey, man, I hope you're okay through this. I don't want to talk to my daughter. I get it. But your, fa- your family did feed me a lot when I was a kid. I just didn't go along with it. But I did call a lot of people that I haven't spoken to, man. And I connected with them, and she was one of them. And everything was great for about three days. And it all went sour with the suicide talk again. Now, guys, I'll take anything. I'll take anything you want to come and bring it. You want to test my wits? Come over here and break my balls. I'll laugh with you. But there's two subjects I really don't want to hear about. There's three subjects I don't want to hear about. I don't want you to reach for abortion. I don't want you to talk about fucking Hitler and the Jews. And I don't want to talk. What's the other one? Suicide. Suicide. And 
I don't know what order they're in. <laughs> I fucking hate all of them. You want to crack a joke about with me about the Jews? You know what? What? Oh, you know what's that fucking stupid kid joke when you were a kid? Which one? I don't know. Like I'm the Christ killer, but don't talk about yeah. Killer. Like you know, just I, I hate when I'm on I'm on I'm in a comedy room and a Jewish person tries to glorify Hitler. That shit, all those little things. I don't know if I've ever told you this, people, but this shit bothers me. Nothing talk, nothing bothers me more worse than suicide talk. I don't know it's because if I had suicidal thoughts with my mother and I pussied out, I don't know if it's because I'm Catholic, or I don't know if it's because I love life the way I do, and I would never even fucking consider it. I, I don't know what it is when people talk to me about suicide that my dick just dies. Like, my whole body just freezes up. I will talk to you for a little while. But after a while, either sit or get off the fucking pot. You know, either go get the mental health that you need, go to a hospital, or fucking stop with this suicide talk. So I guess they took it to a hospital a year ago. I found out about it. I didn't call. And before this stuff started one night, I just reached out. And she answered, and I started talking to her. And everything was fine for like three days. Then three days in, she starts with the fucking suicide talk. You know me, I talk around it. I don't even fucking justify it. Like, I just go, okay, what have you been listening to lately? And she would always assume, uh, you know, like she would always end up on it. I would call her, and I knew her birthday was coming up. And I figured maybe I'll do something nice for her for her birthday, bring her something. You know, but she's so fucking crazy that I know it always turns into something else, like it turns into a speech or something. So I've been calling her and checking up on her. Once she started talking about the debt stuff, I've been calling her and checking up on her. Her car broke down. There's a ton of shit going on with her. You know, I can't go down there because I'm not, I don't go to Hollywood as much as I used to, but I try to call her. You know, we were having some. Because she takes all this medication, she sleeps weird. Her, her sleep is weird. Okay. So her hours were off, so we didn't connect a couple times. Then finally one day, I talked to her. I go, how you been? How you holding up? And she's like, well, it's taking everything I can for me not to kill myself or something like that. And I go, you know what? You really want to kill yourself? And she goes, well, I have no reason to live. I go, before you do it, let me come down there. I go, what are you weigh? And she goes, what are you talking about? What do I weigh? <clears throat> and I go, what if, what if I come down there, slit your wrist and handcuff you to the chair? You'll probably bleed out in about four hours if you weigh 100 pounds. How I know that is because I watched Mechanic a few weeks ago. <laughs> and that's the first scene. Jen and Michael Vincent took Charles Bronson to some chick's house for her to commit suicide in front of him. And then he finally throws the keys at him and drives her to the hospital. He says, drive yourself to the hospital. And she calls him a fucking punk. It's a... It's a really freaky fucking Jesus scene. Jesus Christ. So what I'm telling you motherfuckers is I told this bitch right out. I go, if you want, I got a funny way I could stab you in the throat, maybe stab you in the lung. <laughs> and listen, after I told her that, there was silence on the other line. <laughs> Once you put it to somebody, guys, I know a lot of you guys are going to get mad at me, but think about it. This has been going on for fucking seven years. She's been icing herself. Enough is enough. If you're going to take the dive, take the dive. You know, I got an easier way. You don't have to stab yourself. <laughs> I got an easier way. 
Just get one of those $28 tickets to a cruise ship. Don't worry about <laughs> nothing. I'll take care of it after that. We'll bomb it. We'll do something. We'll put Corona on it. We'll do something. So after I told her that, that I would come down and stab her and handcuff her and she wouldn't go nowhere. Like, listen, and it, guys, I would never get away with it because there's probably a ring somewhere. Somebody would see me go down and they'd trace my calls. That You know, my DNA, maybe whatever. So I said that to her. She thought about it. It was like the time the girl asked me for money and I told her I want to eat a pussy. And she called me back and she goes, so what do you want to do? And I go, how about I light your asshole on fire? And there was just, <laughs> there was just silence on the phone. And she goes, can I call you back? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with this chick. After I told her I would come down there and stab her in the throat and handcuff her and she would bleed out in four hours. And I go, don't worry about nothing. I'll call the authorities in like eight days. They'll get you when you're nice and ripe. You know what I'm saying? When you when you're kicking in the apartment. I mean, I just, I just drew out the picture for her because I can't take it no more. There was silence. So like three days later, it was a birthday. Now, I, I thought I thought for sure she was going to ice herself on her birthday. But I called her, and she was in good spirits. And towards the end of the conversation, she told me she was going to kill herself. I said, listen, happy birthday. Don't worry about nothing. If you want to do it, call me. I'll be here all night. And she hung up the phone, and then the other night, I had insomnia. I went to bed at, like, 11, and I woke up at fucking 4 in the morning. This is the creepiest fucking thing you're ever going to hear, guys. Creepiest fucking thing, because I told my wife. I opened up my eyes. It was 3.58. I put my head back down on the pillow. I'm like, I got to pee. And I went, and I peed. I peed on one of those long pees in the middle of the night where, like, you had, like, a protein shake. And 12 ounces of tea. Like, I always drink this warm tea at night. This THC tea. Dog, I must have peed for 35 fucking minutes. I was standing there. My wife comes in yesterday. She goes, who peed in that bathroom? There was pee everywhere. I go, listen, there's a long story that comes with it. I got up in the middle of the night to pee. I peed. I laid back down again. And I couldn't fall asleep. Nothing particularly entered my mind. I just had insomnia. So before I start getting pissed off, I use my own recipe. I go, let me get up, do a few bong hits, and write a little bit. Nothing's bothering me. You like when you have to get up and call somebody? Yeah. No, no, I hadn't called nobody. There was nobody I was mad at. I had no problems with my wife. I just got up, you know? And I get up. I put my hoodie on. I put my slippers on. I walk to the door. I make a left I make a right to the kitchen, I get a bottle of water, and I go in my office. And Lee, do you know that as I'm pulling out the chair, by this point it's like maybe 413, 414, remember I called you? Call me, yeah, I think you called me a little bit later, like 5 in the morning. Right. Do you know why? Why? Because as I went to pull the chair out, the phone started ringing. The phone was under like a piece of paper. And all of a sudden I heard the phone going, and I'm like, who the fuck is calling me a 415? So when I move the piece of paper over, it's the suicide chick. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. God will give her a reason. <laughs> She's going to jump the bridge right now. So I answer the phone. I go, what are you doing up at 415? You want me to come down and kill you? And she's like, no. I think I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I think I got it at Rock and Roll Rouse. 
Oh, Ralph's got like 19 cases yeah. in Hollywood. So she went to Rock and Roll Ralph's. So she's going for a test. She went for a test yesterday. Maybe she, maybe, maybe she, her answers will be. I don't know what the point of the story was. I just want to tell you about my life <laughs> and the people I have around me and the psychology I got to use now because I just got sick and tired. And I told my wife, and she's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. I am, but I'm not because you don't take those fucking phone calls every three nights. When somebody's going to kill themselves. Most people don't take them. They're like, I'm not going to answer that call. Me, I'm an asshole. I take them because I got to fucking, uh, I feel guilty. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today, man. I just want to take your mind away for an hour just to take you somewhere else from what's going on in front of you. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that your kids are well. I hope that your family's well. And I hope that you're taking care of yourself. Most importantly, like I said, they could open up all the fucking theaters, all the bars. They could give away free hand jobs at a fucking massage parlor. That don't mean I'm going. I'm approaching this with cautious and with common sense, and I appreciate if you guys do the same. I need each and every one of you, from Bob Lalingus, even the Deborah Hubster who's been clean for 30 days. <laughs> I need all you motherfuckers because you guys keep me the fucking together, okay? From my man Adam the V. Up in fucking Toronto, my favorite Greek. To, I mean, you know, I see who you guys, Chad Reader. I see you motherfuckers. And I appreciate you with all my fucking heart. From the, from the bottom of my fat little toes to my fucking big gorilla balls that are on, <laughs> they're not even on sale. They're for free at comedystore.com website. <laughs> you can see my balls after Manscaped and the lotion. The lotion's been working. But anyway, speaking of Manscaped, why are we talking about Manscaped? That's a whole different fucking show. The Church of What's Happened Now is brought to you by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is great for protecting your privacy and security online. Listen, you're stuck at home. You can also use it to unlock foreign movies and TV shows that are only available in other countries. Like Take a Spin on the Wrong Side of the Road and Binge Doctor Who on Netflix in the United Kingdom. Ah! Or if you're into Japanese anime, use it to watch Spirited Away or Netflix in Japan. It's easy to use, man. My wife loves it. Lee's got it. It's easy even for a guy like me. You open the app, you change the location, boom, that's it. You choose from 100 different countries. ExpressVPN works on any streaming service. Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, BBC, YouTube, you name it, they got it. The reason I use ExpressVPN, I'll tell you why. Tell them, Lee, it's fast. No buffering, no lag. Lee's sitting on my lap. He's living toilet Steam in H Stream in HD with no issues. I think all you're right? the ventriloquist. Huh? I think you're the ventriloquist. Anyway, now. and it works on all your devices. Did you hear me? Phone, tablet, console, or smart TV. ExpressVPN, that's the way to go. So right now, the church family gets, ex, go to expressvpn.com slash church, C-H-U-R-C-H, to get three months free. That's it. Go to expressvpn.com slash church to get three months in. Three months in. Watch what you want and protect yourself with expressvpn.com slash church, all right? It's going to protect your privacy and your security online. ExpressVPN 
Facebook.com. Again, we're in fucking quarantine. You look at your girlfriend, you look at your wife, and you're like, what do we know? <laughs> we've seen every show. We've seen blue is the color of purple. We've seen, Lee, what a shame you're not with Paula and you missed the office reunion. You could have held hands and watched it like two little fucking fags. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? The Church of What's Happened Now today is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when your dick was always standing at attention? Anything. All you had to do was just breathe on your dick. Boom! Right there. The fucking good old days when you pull their hair and you could fucking jizz and then put it back in their mouth and jizz again. Now you got limp dick, or at least I do. You know, I got this fucking weak wood ever since I fucking ripped my hamstrings. But Uncle Joey's got the fix. Blue Chew. It's the first chewable dick pill, which means it works fast. If you want to give her a stabbing, boom, you pop a Blue Chew. It has the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. This isn't the horny goat weed you get from fucking Muhammad down there at 7-Eleven. This is motherfucking science, all right? Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, not some fucking mook. So you don't have to go to the doctor's office and wait online and then go to the pharmacy and wait online. This ships right to your door. It's easy, man. I did it myself. You answer a few questions. You put up a copy of your ID. Boom. They call you back. The doctor calls you back with a few questions. And you got it at your door in a few days. Like I said, it's prescribed online by licensed physicians, and it ships right to your motherfucking door in a discreet package. I didn't even know it was. I, I thought it was a knife. Nobody knows nothing. And <laughs> <laughs> Blue Chew ships direct. They're cheaper than the fucking pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. But, Joey, uh, what's so good about a chewable dick pill? What's so good? What's so good? You can take them any time, day and night even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as the pill. And they taste good. Turn your fucking dead dick that stinks like a fucking monkey into a fucking hot rod. You'll be saluting the flag with your fucking dick. You understand me? So right now, they got a special offer for the church family. Go to bluechew.com right now. That's blue. B-L-U-E. Chew.com. And get your first shipment for free. Joy, what are you talking about? Get it for free. All you're going to do is pay $5 for shipping. That's all I ask. Again, that's blue, like the color blue, like the dick vein that's going to pop out of your fucking dick when your dick is nice and hard. Remember that vein when you used to get it? And you look at it. You ever take your, you ever get your dick sucked and you take your dick out and pop them on the side and it makes that little noise? You ever do that? Those days are back again. Go to bluechew.com right now. And press in code CHURCH and just pay $5 for shipping. You'll thank me fucking later. The church is also brought to you by stamps.com. Listen, everybody's avoiding the fucking crowds right now. But if you need to go to the post office, what are you going to do? You might be running a small business. You're trying to ship a product or send invoices. But anything you could do at a post office, you could do at home with stamps.com. And I got big news. Stamps.com is working with UPS now. You get more delivery options and all the great discounts on postage that you're used to with the Stamps.com and UPS. My wife's been using this since day one. I use it with her. 
She goes to the post office every day and ships. Listen, stamps.com is tremendous. They bring the post office to you. You skip the line, you print the postage, you slap it on. Any letter, any size package, going anywhere in the world, right there from your porch. And the best part is, the mailman will come and pick it up. No contact required. It's that simple. You also get great discounts. Get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off shipping. You can't beat that. Save up to 62% on UPS rates. You can't beat that. Okay? So do me a favor. Go to stamps.com. It's a no-brainer. Especially now. You're saving time. You're saving money. And it's keeping you safe. So right now, they got a special offer. The church family, you get four-week trial. Plus postage. Free, by the way. Free. I got to mention free. I don't want you to think that's a fucking by the way. And I'm going to throw in a digital scale. No long-term commitments, no contracts. It's easy. Go to stamps.com, click the microphone on top of the homepage, and press in church. That's it. Stamps.com, press in church. Stay safe, motherfuckers. I want to thank stamps.com. I want to thank ExpressVPN. And I want to thank Blue Chew for always having our motherfucking back. But most importantly, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank Dennis Colangelo. And I want to thank my man, the Christ Killer. Yo, we'll be back Monday morning. Ready to fucking rock with some more church of what's happening now. For right now, I love you guys with all my heart. Remember, stay loyal to your friends. You got only three of them. You live and die by them. You can't go wrong. I love you, motherfuckers. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Keep your fucking distance. I don't want to know nothing. It's pandemic season. Have a great weekend. Love you guys. Kick it, Lee.